Um, so Aisha, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for joining me um, today. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Well, thank you for joining, <laughs> thank you for joining me to kind of talk about like just life in China right. and the ways in, ways in which like it's impacted your mental health. And the thing is, when I say that, I don't actually mean like bad things. It can be good things. Like, you know, of course, like with mental yeah. health, a lot of the time when we speak of like how it's influenced, it's usually from a side of like, uh, not like negative, but like bad things, you know, that that's yeah. helped. Like, you know, so of course, like, like with anything in life, our mental is going to be affected and relocating to, to a different environment is, is is no exemption. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, obviously I'm sure like, which you're going to, I'm sure there's different kind of ways, good or bad, like uh-huh. your mental has been affected or impacted yeah. by moving to China. So um, mm-hmm. what we were saying previously before, so just kind of talk about where that journey started and like what, like, and why like you moved to begin with yeah so um as i was saying do i have to repeat myself or should i no, just continue will you edit um, do you yeah, have good editing skills yeah 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 because basically you okay. can just yeah, you, you can just yeah so basically just start from where you uh where you um yeah just, yeah just for for clear picture just like yeah just start from the top if you don't okay. mind. hi guys i'm aisha <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm Aisha. I currently live in Shanghai, China. And I was just telling my friend Jermaine that... Let me just be cool, okay? Let me play cool, let me play cool. <clears throat> so, so I was just talking about how I ended up here in China. So, um, yeah, when I was in... So, yeah, continuing on from university, I thought, you know, I'll get some experience because it's going to put me in a great position when I apply for jobs abroad. And then I think about two, three years after um, I started working. So I'm a health professional. Edit that out. I said, heh. A health professional. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest. A lot of this is just staying because it's just candid. So don't even worry oh, about it. This, okay, this is not well, about being perfect. It's just about being right. yourself. Do you right. know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So I'm a health professional. I qualified as an occupational therapist. And then I went on to do my master's straight after in health and rehabilitation. So um, two years, two and a half, three years into my working experience, I was in like an on and off relationship kind of situationship um yeah yeah now you'll now you know (laughs) and the guy that I was with at the time he just I don't know he just didn't like me he just there was something about me that he just didn't think he just thought we didn't click so anyway so I was with this guy and I had been looking for jobs abroad and um yeah so one weekend I thought you know what I'm going to spruce my CV up because it was really tricky working in the NHS I felt really burnt out my relationship wasn't going as planned like you know my salary wasn't the best and I live on the outskirts of London um and it was so expensive to always now you're making that moolah I'm sorry (laughs) well now I am um (laughs) Uh, so anyway so yeah yeah um (laughs) and so I just there were so many things happening in my life and I just wasn't really satisfied and I've always had this burning desire for living abroad and I've loved I've always loved traveling and so one weekend I just spruced my CV up and I said you know what I'm going to do I'm going to apply to lots of jobs around the world like in my mind my top places were Dubai Abu Dhabi Qatar just because I had a few friends there and I thought well it's a few hours away from London, if I want to come and go, I can easily do that. So I think in that weekend, I applied for 47 jobs, no lie, 47 jobs. Yeah, including the Cayman Islands. I applied for so many jobs. And I said to myself, whichever job I get first is the one I'm going to take. No doubt about it. And so I applied for yeah many jobs in the Middle East. And then I saw this one in China. And I thought, oh, I'll just apply. I had no interest in China, not in a rude way, but it's just the culture that I was surrounded by. Like my best friend is Middle Eastern and I had lots of Arab friends growing up. And so for me, that seemed like the best move was to move to a country in the Middle East. And I love the 
the Arabic language. I listened to Arabic songs and I, you know, eat Arab, Arab food. And so that was, I was very heavily influenced by that culture. Yeah. So anyway, so I got the call back from Beijing. So this was in Beijing at the time. And um, I had my interview, then I had another interview, then I had the third interview and I said, okay, you've got the job. And I was like, okay, fine. I got the job. And then I told my boyfriend at the time and he was like, actually, you've got to take, you've got to take. And I was like, well, what about us? Because I'm so romantic in that sense. And I was just <laughs> what like, what's going to happen to us? And he was just like, well, it's not going to work, isn't it? So anyway, so that was another signal to me saying, well, actually, there's no point in staying here. So then, yeah, when they offered me the job, I said, okay, fine, I'll take it. And uh, so I took it. It was the first one I got. And then I just sort of threw all of other options out the window. And I said, okay, I'll go. That's, that's, a, that's a, a massive um, decision, not only because you're moving away, but because like you're going somewhere where literally it's like a blank canvas. There's no right. one you know, there's no like connections as opposed to the previous places you mentioned, like Dubai, where you might have some friends over there. So yeah. like, there's always gonna be a culture shift anyway. But, yeah like it's even harder when you're kind of just literally starting by yourself there's no like mm. friends there and stuff and I guess most people find something in that, in that predicament because when you move somewhere you you're more or less kind of starting from zero like the ground up like kind of yeah build your own network of friends right um and things like that like and from what we've from our I know from our last conversation it seems like you've you've, you've now you're at a place where well correct me if I'm wrong now you're at a place where you've built up uh like your your own yeah your own network of friends and you're more or less yeah. like accustomed to things there but but just going back like of course like how like getting there what was that process like getting to that point of you know like adjusting to the culture and the way of life like how, how was that so I mean when I first moved here so like I said I first moved to Beijing and so I was working for a company there um, and I was only in Beijing for four months uh, um, before they shifted me to Shanghai. Um, and when I moved to China, I didn't know a word of Chinese apart from ni hao and xie xie, and that was it. But even like so, zai jian, which means goodbye. Sorry, just for those listening and myself, what, 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 does, that, what does that mean? Oh, uh, ni hao, it's like hello. Yeah. Uh, xie, xie, uh, xie xie means thank you. Okay. And zaijian means goodbye. So it's just, you know, simple things, like simple greetings. You say that quite fluently, though. Uh, yeah, because I speak Chinese now. <laughs> but we, we can leave that for later. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, from going from uh, zero fluency or not even knowing anything to now being able to communicate, being able to travel, even being able to write. Um, it's been a long journey. But yes, when I first came to China, I had no idea. Um, about the culture, apart from what we learn in school, you know, the basics like Chinese New Year. And yeah. even the Chinese food we eat in the UK is not Chinese food that they have here in this, like in mainland yeah. China. People yeah. always say that, like, it's, it's so what you buy in a shop is not what to eat at home. Like, no, it's and all, it's so different. And also because there's so many provinces in China. Um, so the different regions have their different um, tastes. Yeah. Uh, so like a lot of the food we eat in the UK is Cantonese food or Guangdong, like the Guangdong region. So that's like south near Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Beijing, they eat lots of dumplings and they eat lots of noodles and they eat so many different types of foods and even different flavors that I hadn't ever had back in London. So even that for me was so different because I tried to order you know sweet and sour pork and it wasn't on the menu or sweet and sour chicken all of these things that I'm so used to and yeah I mean everything is in Chinese characters to begin with anyway so I think it was really hard for me at the beginning especially as I moved to China during the winter months and Beijing gets really cold in the winter it was minus 22 uh some at some point in December minus 22 like, no, yeah minus 22 it gets really cold really cold um to the point where you know when it's so cold and then you, your legs are so ashy like I would scratch my legs <laughs> and you just, you know, like, it was so ashy 
<laughs> so ashy it was awful um but yeah so sorry i think i digress no 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 where did no. i no, no. So you, yeah, you've kind of more or less explained it in terms of, you know, like from what I gathered, like it was like difficult to not difficult, but like you're you're getting used to things like you know the yeah. food, the the cold weather. Even though like in London, that like, weather is just as you know we have cold weather is, is like the norm in London. But yeah. I'm guessing when it's like minus twenty two, that's mad. Like because yeah. in London, I don't think it's ever been to that extent where no. like it's so cold that. It's you know, like, so cold, like and, you know, oh. and sometimes windy. So, like, it was normal to wear balaclava on the street just because it was so cold. People wear balaclavas, and just their eyes would be showing because they would need to keep their face <laughs> covered because it was so cold. That's normal. Like, no one was scared and thinking, "Oh, you're going to rob somewhere." People were just like, "Oh, it's cold. I need to wear one." But even like you know, like, as now, where um, like now we all wear masks. Yeah. Like China was, they were doing that from, I won't say the beginning of time, but way, way back. Yeah. And like, it's funny because we used to see that. When I say we, as in London, as you see people in China wearing masks, I'm thinking like, what are they, what are they doing? <laughs> Why are they wearing yeah. masks? And then fast forward now, everyone's wearing masks. Well, well not so much now because they've, re- they've kind of restricted that, no, relaxed the rules. For more, right. so like you don't, it's not mandatory. You must wear it now, in some in a few places. But is that still the case uh, now with the whole yes. COVID? So it, in uh, when you're on public transportation, you have to wear the masks, and then sometimes you have to go into certain stores, and then you yeah. have to wear the mask. But then as soon as you get into the store, you can take it off again. So you know. But generally, they're they're more strict here. I think, especially if there's an outbreak. Um, yeah, they're, they're trying to contain it. Yeah, I noticed that from even from the beginning when this whole pandemic started. Yeah. The militant, militant. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not even, um, but just kind of like going back, like I know, as, as we said before, probably when we start, before we started recording, like going to somewhere, going to a new place, like and adjusting yeah. by yourself must be. I don't want to say hard mentally, but like, what was that like mentally, like relocating and start and more or less starting again? Mm. I think my driving force uh, was just that I, I just felt like the world was bigger than what I knew. And so for me, it was more promising just to see and to try. And the worst that could happen is that I hated it and then I could go back to London. So a bit like what we were talking about before when you say, oh, I'm not too sure if I can leave London and all of this. The worst that can happen is that you just go back. But then I thought to myself, if I just stayed in London, I wouldn't know otherwise. And so I think what has carried me through this time is just knowing that, I mean, I, I'm pretty badass. I just feel, I'm just like, I can do it. I, I am. I am. Hey, you crap me up, I swear. I am. I am badass. I really am. <laughs> and I can do it. And I and it's not that I'm, you know, I'm like, I don't need anyone else. It's not like that. But really and truly, I am my best supporter, but I could also be my, you know, worst enemy. So it's up to me to change that. Other people can't change my life situation. And it's my mentality and the way I decide to look at it. So I think for me, yeah, as I mentioned, just my driving force was that the alternative was London and I'd already experienced that. And so the alternative staying in China was to try something new and to know that new opportunities will come. And I think the great thing about China is that it is just that it's a developing country. Things are developing in in the UK. Things are already established. And so the the market's quite saturated. Whereas in China, you have lots of opportunities to try new things and to share your skills and skills that not many people might have. I mean, my job is very niche in the mm. UK, let alone China. And so I, that's really provided me with lots of opportunities to create my own thing and to, to really work, work with the people here and to expand my business and, mm. yeah, my work. But you say it's niche as in it's niche over... In China, in China, 
Yeah, yeah, really. There's not many of me around. There really That's aren't. I mean, I mean, in the previous company I was working in, there were only six of us, six occupational therapists. And that was just in Shanghai. And then we had a few in, in Beijing. But generally, there's not a lot of us here. And the people need our services, you know. So even just like information sharing and knowledge um, and educating parents and educating families and people about occupational therapy or ways in which we can support uh, them, I think that in itself is really helpful for the community here. You know what, yeah, like, it's so crazy because I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of processing things now, like, yeah. so when you moved, did you always kind of, was it always the mindset of, no, that's the wrong word to use, did you always want to move because you want to go somewhere where you work and you and you, what you're doing is a niche, or was that, was that was it just a coincidence that it just happens to be you've moved to China and it just happens that what you're doing is a niche there, or, or was it like, did you, did you have that in mind? I mean, yeah, when I applied for the job, I applied for an OT position. So I knew I was coming here to work as an OT, but I think I was so burnt out in the UK that I actually thought to myself, oh, if I go to China and other opportunities present themselves, yeah, I'll take it. And then I wanted to be a graphic designer. And my dream job, my dream job is to, um, is to work in music. Like I still, I really? just love music. So, oh my God, I love music so much. I thought you was more um, like a film person. I mean, I like to watch them, but music, it, oh, Jermaine, music for me. I don't know what the job role is called, whether it's sound production or what, but, you know, in movies, the rolling credits or in movies when they put a soundtrack or they put a song to the mood. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if someone breaks up, then they play the song or if, you know, someone's running home in the rain oh, and yeah, they're crying. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just know which song, like, suits a scenario or a mood so even when I people watch I'm just thinking oh this song would be really good right now I'm watching them argue and this song would be great so I thought oh maybe I can come to China and then I don't know who knows do something no, like that that's actually good because like I know you said obviously you always knew you were going to do old um, occupational therapy right but you you didn't know that it wasn't like it wasn't what's the word to use like it like in London it's a saturated market because there's a lot lots of um OTs but what, what I'm saying is that in in China did you know that there was there was a, a lack of occupational therapist or I mean yeah because this was the one job remember I told you I applied for jobs in so many places yeah. and then there was only one job in China that I saw that advertised this position um yeah so I already knew that because occupational therapy has quite a Western philosophy where it promotes independence. And when you come to collectivist societies such as China or you know, like Africa, where people work together, it's not an individualistic society. They're not, not that they're not promoting independence, but people work together. You know, if there's a problem, the community come together. And OT yeah. is more about independence and doing things for yourself and being able to manage. Yeah. and promote independence essentially so I, I knew that it wasn't going to be that big here but I didn't realize how um I just didn't realize that people just had no clue about certain illnesses or disabilities and so that affected their um ability to engage in therapy or to access certain services just because they had a lack of understanding yeah like even with occupational therapy because I know when like to the kind of uh untrained like I won't say untrained eye but that's not the right context but yeah I, I mean I like to, to, to someone who who doesn't know what it is like how, how would you like simply just describe what occupational um, therapy is okay so well in the general in general terms of speaking uh occupational therapists work with people to basically promote their ability to engage in everyday occupation. So that doesn't necess necessarily mean your job. It could mean like washing and dressing yourself after you've had a terrible car accident and you're not able to walk, which means that you're not able to get out of bed and you're not able to stand. It could be, um, you know, getting you back to work after an injury or accident or disability. 
if you're working in pediatrics, uh, a child who has autism may not necessarily have the social skills that they need to be able to integrate into school, or they might have some sensory difficulties that affect their ability to participate in everyday activities. So that could be like showering because the water feels too painful, or even like cutting their nails because their sense of touch, they're very sensitive to touch. Or it could be that they keep bumping into things because they have low sense of body awareness. So really and truly, when you see a person or a child who's having difficulty engaging in you know, meaningful activities, then an occupational therapist will probably be of benefit to help that person. Oh, Does that make sense? Yeah, did I, did I makes... explain that well? No, no, or... you did, you did, you did. Because it's, okay. it's essentially like, like it's the therapy for after like a big not accident but after something big that's happened to you is that is that an aftercare sort of thing and and that can be different scenarios as, as you've mentioned like a car accident right other yeah things. but like I didn't know that was so that's why that's why it's so mad because you've actually hit the jackpot man. because if oh. I don't say that that's, that's saturated here but over there they don't have a clue that yeah you've Listen, man. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I give you all the praise. Like, obviously, it's not just about that, you know. No. Um, but like, I'm really like, I admire your mindset because you see, when we do things, it's always like, oh, this is it. There's no, like, turning back. So, for example, yeah. context, like, you know, you traveling, saying, look, I'm starting this new journey, but it doesn't mean it has to be final, like, oh, like, and coming no. back doesn't necessarily mean that like, you failed. But I feel a lot of the time, and I will always speak for myself personally. Like, that's that's always my fear. Like saying I'm gonna embark on this journey, and yeah. if I kind of like sort of turn around, whether that's after like a year into the journey, two years into the journey, or six months into the mm. journey, is that like, oh have I have I then sort of failed them? You know what I mean? Because it's like if I say I'm gonna go and live, yeah, like in China, and after yeah, actually I don't really like it. Not because you know it's 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 not a good opportunity, but maybe mentally I just feel like okay, this isn't for me. Like yeah. I'm okay, I'm okay with yeah. being London being all I yeah. know, you know. Yeah. But at least going back to your point, at least it's a thing of okay, I've done it, I can come back. So it yeah. kind of eased. Would you say that kind of eased off that mental pressure of, you know, going there and having people think, oh, you know, like you've made it because if you were to come back, it's like, oh well, what was that for then? You've you know you've been on this sort of big thing of leaving London and you've now come back. So yeah. would that say that helped you? Uh, ease that mental pressure if there was any mental pressure I think at the beginning that was that would creep into my mind a lot I wouldn't say it was always there with me but you know everyone was saying oh I have a friend who lives in China and they're like do you speak Chinese and oh you're in China come back to the amount of times I hear people say come back to London come back to London and I think it's getting to the point now where I'm very frustrated because you know they've never been to China they haven't lived abroad and they keep saying oh what are you doing there what are you doing there um and I think I've lost my trail of thought Jermaine I've lost it sorry I've sorry, lost sorry. It. <laughs> I hope I didn't I derail you um so oh, let me help the, the pressure sorry it was the yeah. pressure like will I not succeed um I mean, my main purpose for coming here was just to try, really. It was really to try. It was just to see how things would go. I came here thinking I'd be here for two years. I thought, oh, I'll save money. But I also thought to myself, like, I can move to a country and help a community that would really benefit with someone with my skill set. So, you know, I guess there was a bit of that in me thinking, actually, I've been trained in the UK. I've been privileged enough to work in many settings and I'm going to a country where they might not have that. So number one, I can help them. So either way for me, even if I came back six months later, that would have been six months of helping people, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, another part of me thought, oh, I can maybe save some more money um, because obviously when you get a job offer, you start looking at the cost of living and you yeah, start yeah, yeah, I exactly. following all these bloggers living in China. And I saw like, it's 30p to get on the train. I thought, oh my gosh, what? what? 30p to get on the train. Yeah. What, when you first arrived or now? Yeah, even now, it's still, depending on wow. the, the distance. But, 30p, you know, transport. you know? Yeah, 30p. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Yeah. I mean, it differs. I think the, the most you'll have to pay is like seven kwai. Seven kwai is the, um, kwai is the currency here. Yeah. Uh, renminbi, or we call it kwai, yuan. 
um, so like uh, four yuan or three yuan. Um, yeah, so I saw all of this and I saw that, you know, the cost of dumplings or the cost of rice and the cost of vegetables was really cheap. And so I thought to myself, oh, actually, I can save lots of money here. So then obviously my eyes opened. I was, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> going to have a good time here. Um, and as you know, living in London, things aren't cheap. Like I was saying, there were so many times I would not go out because it was 50 pounds to get an Uber from Liverpool Street to my house. Like, do you know how much money that is? Like working out as a new graduate and then also yeah, having to buy drinks when you go out. And if you do this on a Friday and a Saturday, it, it adds up. It adds up. Listen, it adds up. Yeah. Like, you're just it like, damn. Up. Before you blink, you spent, like, how did I even spend all this money? Yeah. Okay, I'm going off topic. So back to what you're saying. <laughs> and also, <laughs> a part of me with this pressure was when I, when I, when I went back home, um, nothing really changed like it's twofold so, in one sense you know I had friends who were moving on in life yeah and they were getting married and having mortgages and having children and doing things that I thought I would be doing at the age I was but then on the other hand like my local co-op was still where it was the Aldi was still where it was the petrol station still where it was was still where it was when I left and so I had two sides of the coin where I felt the shift in people moving forward and making new friends and progressing in life. But then at the same time, I felt that, that London was very stagnant and nothing really had changed. So it was almost like a limbo. And then I just thought to myself, well, you know, people are going to say things and they're going to, you know, if I came back, they would have been like, oh, well, things didn't work out. And now I'm in China. People are still going to say what they want to say. Mm. You know, especially with COVID, like, why is she there and all of this stuff? So I just thought, well, if I just focus on myself and my reasons for being here, then it doesn't matter. And I speak to my mm. mom and my my closest friends and those who matter and their opinion counts and I take it into consideration. But for everyone else. Yeah, like, matter. no, that, that's that's a good way of looking. And like I said, you've, you've always been a... Um, someone who's always sure of us like you don't you just have your own you do you basically you don't you're not right. really worried about like oh if I do this what are people gonna think and like you've always kind of yeah. had your own like you know make your own mistakes you know like <laughs> yeah, set your own path and yeah. it's, it's it's good it's good like like I said before me personally like I would never say never that I can't move but I think I, I'm I'm in that kind of condition of like okay this is it in London and and all, it's all down to what you want to do like I said earlier like a lot of the thing now is that home ownership is like this big status thing and, and it's, it is an achievement don't get me wrong yeah. it is nice but at the same time it is this glorified debt and it's not saying I'm not saying it's a bad thing you yeah. know like that because there, there is such one as good debt but at the yeah. same time it's like that's the kind of like stretch really like, okay cool get mm -hmm. a good job get the house and that's it of course there's yeah. more to life do you know what I mean so I guess it's just about yeah. having that balance and realizing what it is you know you want to do um like and I feel I've sorry not not to take away from from what you've been saying but like, I feel like I've had that moment of I definitely know there's more to life and my experience with that was just maybe through grief so like that kind of going through doesn't open my eyes to like you know what like I feel like there's a there's a bigger purpose for me here like and I've always I've always I've always said like from I'm not sure when I, I know I know I want to write I know I always want to write do you know what I mean but I wasn't sure like what what, what I want to write about yeah. and now it's like it's crazy because what I write about is that big thing that I was looking for but of course I, I didn't want it to be that I'm not gonna say like I, I had wished for my parents to pass but like something as impactful as grief is it's book worthy. Do you know what I mean? It's book oh, worthy. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it is it's, book worthy. Do you know what I mean? So like that, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm realizing that now, of course, you know, as much as it's not, it's about for me, like I've always wanted to like, like somehow like inspire. So if it's, if it's through and, and yeah, I think I want to do it through what well, I think I am doing it, hopefully through like yeah. this, through like 
yeah. having this platform uh, and just like writing about it really um, so I'll say yeah but yeah sorry like going back to you um, no, I just quickly just and stepping out of your fear because as yeah, somebody might it. not know this but on camera I know this is something that you wanted to do for a long time and we've had yeah. many discussions about it and you've you've battled with thinking am I not good enough will this not be good enough or I'm scared and I'm worried and and you just put yourself out there and so I know I traveled my thousands of miles to be here you know but in some ways we've done the same thing because we've stepped out of the box and we've you know just said goodbye to fear I've come to an unknown place and in some ways you too have come out of your box and gone to an unknown place by mm. just putting out this podcast and reaching out to people and talking to them and I it definitely it definitely helps people so I'm proud of you Jermaine no thank you and also like um yeah like um, you haven't met Ben but Ben like co-host like he's that's not like my brother man like he's someone who's he knows what I've been through because he's been through it as well you know yeah. he's his his journey we've, we've happened to when he was a lot younger but I feel like we have that kind of understanding like and he's yeah he's he's a very creative very talented like he's, he writes as well like he's very good I feel like he's just like it's like a like a little brother yeah like do you know what I mean so like he's um yeah I, I know I, I always I always speak highly of him man because like as much as I, I, most of the time you might see me um doing a podcast but he's still part of it do you know what I mean? i'll never i'll never like yeah. but i'm not i'm not really i'm not really concerned about what it might seem like i know i know what's what's what do you know what i mean and yeah um but i wanted to kind of ask about like because as much as you know moving away is like a it's a, it's a big it's a big thing a huge mm -hmm. thing like um you know i'm not sure if i even i don't think i asked already but like, how do you kind of deal with like imposter syndrome Badly, <laughs> really badly. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I think that creeps into my mind a lot. It really does. Um, and I'm learning, I'd say I'm still in the process of learning not to let that overshadow what I can do because it's really difficult. I think my personality as well, if I do something, I like to do it to the best of my ability. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist in that sense that I'd rather do it myself than let someone else do it because I want it done a certain way. And I think when you are somewhere here like China and you're doing a job like me where, you know, you have to provide support for families and support for people and they, they rely on you. Um, and, you know, they speak highly of you if you do a good job. And I think sometimes I think to myself, am I doing well enough? Am I doing, yeah, well enough for the family? Um, and then I question myself because, you know, back in the UK, I'd have other health professionals to, to speak to. I'd have seniors and I'd have people there that I could say, oh, am I doing this well? Am I doing this right? Um, whereas here, I'm almost like a one woman band. And so I don't have that support. And so I have to rely on myself and dig deep to say, no, you're doing a great job. Yeah. But I think that creeps in. It creeps in less so now because I've just learned to manage and learned to do my best. I think that was growing up as well. I think that's, you know, doing your best, you know, growing up in an African household and you just want to please your parents, especially with yeah, the academics, yeah. like try to get those wow. A's and get those A's and get those A's. I definitely wasn't an A student. I was a, you know, no, I would say like no. a B plus student. You were don't downplay yourself. Remember, no, I'm not. You I'm were not. very smart. You were very smart. So don't say you were, you were A student. No, 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 I'm smart. But I'm definitely like a B plus. I am. No, I am, no, not my, B plus. In, but my intelligence, comes in, my intelligence comes in a different form. Maybe not academically. Yes, I was smart with things like communication studies and English just because I'm, a, I'm great at speaking. But I had to work hard. I'm not one of those people that, you know, just say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to sleep at nine and then wake up and do the exam. Like I would stay up sometimes till three a.m., four a.m. studying. I remember those. those, those... Why are you smiling? Why are you <laughs> no, because no, I remember. I remember like literally like those late staying up to study, like drinking so much coffee, and I'm thinking, no, you was listen, you was you were smart at exams, like and even assignments, like. But you... I worked hard for it. Mm. 
I worked hard. And even when I worked my hardest, sometimes I didn't get the A plus. Yes, I still did, did well, yeah. but I wouldn't always get that. And I think I put the pressure on myself to be the best and to do the best yeah. that I could. I guess also with the, you know, growing up in an estate and, you know, like seeing other children and you know how mums are always comparing like, oh, don't yeah. like that child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, look, look, look at your mates. This one's doing, the, I'm like, listen, don't mates. compare with me, man. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, I had that once. I had that right. one. I remember when, um, you know, when you first graduate, right, it's kind of like, you know, you're broke, like, you're not really, it's just kind of, you're kind of in that bubble, um, where like you've just graduated, so it's just you let it sink in. So you might still be like maybe bumming around for a little bit. I remember like one time my mom was like, instead of you to be looking for jobs, all your mates are getting jobs. <laughs> I'm thinking like, like what's your problem, man? Like what the hell? <laughs> like, why are you comparing me like to yeah. everyone else? Like everyone's everyone's you know journey is different, and it's like literally getting jobs was so like you send out CVs, you apply for this and that. Like it was so mad, but like, yeah, I definitely know yeah. what you mean. Like that kind of, but you don't, you don't let, you don't let it kind of affect you too much, though. Because I know in in a weird way, they they do, um, have your best intention at heart. Of but it's just like sometimes it may be a bit off. Like, well, don't put pressure on me like that. But for the most part, they 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 want you to they want you to do yeah, to do well. Do you know what I mean? To do well, that's it. Yeah, it comes from a from a positive place, but sometimes the delivery, you know, the yeah, delivery yeah. is questionable. Um, but you know, my mum, she did always say, you know, just try your best. She always did give me that reassurance. But I just yeah. guess, you know, like growing up on the estate and then seeing some, you know, seeing people doing drugs and you know living the lifestyle they were living, I just felt like I didn't want this in my life this is not the kind of life that I wanted to have and for me the way because I was terrible at sports so getting a sports scholarship you know getting into a, a gymnastics team or I don't know playing football it I could not do sports and so I was like okay well I can't go down the athletic route and for me the academic route seemed you know um the best way to try and you know build something for myself yeah so um so yes, I think sometimes just putting the pressure on myself and as I grew older, I was always trying to strive to be the best I could be and be the best and be the best and be the best. And then here living in um, a community where there's so many expats, different people are doing different things. And I just, I think for me, I always just want to try my best and to do my best. Yeah. And I think sometimes thinking that my best isn't good enough, but then having to step back and say, well, my best is good enough because it's my best. And that's all I can do. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, yeah. and that's you, you. You seem like you've had that kind of intact. Where listen, I, I know I'm here. Like I said to you earlier, before when you first arrived, well, when you first arrived, anyway, it's like you're like a like a blank canvas. Like you, you make of it what you want. So you build your own kind of network from your friends. Because even sometimes I've I've been i been looking at your Insta stories. Like, yeah, Aisha's she's 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 a She's a re- she's a resident now. She's like going out with friends, like do you know what I mean. And it's like, and it's it's good to see, you, man. Because, like I said, as much as you know, I always obviously I know you, so I'm always gonna talk from a a, a place of love. Like you know, you, you like it's always nice to see your friends doing well. And of course, like mm-hmm. you know, it, it can be hard as well. I, I can imagine it can be hard as well because even though, like like I said to you before, you've always struck me as someone who's always like you think for yourself, you do what you want to do, but. I can imagine that, that that can still be mentally hard, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because there are a lot of things might come into play. Like, I don't, I don't know, um, you know, like, so, and I think a lot of time when, when we kind of think of mental health, you know, like I like to kind of say as mental health is, is an everyday life. So it can, we can be mentally affected by anything. And if, even mm. things like relocating, even like as, as, as I know, like losing someone can affect your mm. mental health. And even if you don't lose someone, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a job change or just any anything that 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 that, mm. that changes your life is is gonna have your mental health involved. It's gonna mm-hmm. affect you, and that's like I said, it's not always in a in a, in a bad way, you know. Yeah. Like you know, but um, we're just going on that. Like, were there any like mental struggles you had, like throughout? I would say maybe within the like the first year of um, being in um, China. Uh, not just my first year. I think throughout my 
time living here up until I turned 30. Like that was, <laughs> I think 30 for me sounded like that golden age. And I don't know if you remember when I messaged you for your birthday, I was like, you're 30 now, blah, 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 blah. And you said something that really struck you said to me, like, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm turning 30 because the alternative to turning 30 is death, right? Because you wouldn't be able to make it to 30. Mm. And I think for me, 30, at 30, I thought all my eggs would be hatched. I thought everything would be perfect. I would have this dashing husband. I would be pregnant or have my first child I'd be retired even I just I don't know I had these like ideas that when I was 30 that everything would fit into place um and as my time progressed as the years kept going and kept going and kept going I realized that well first of all that wasn't realistic but number two that I had put so much pressure on myself to obtain these things that it was in fact, it was affecting me in more ways than I knew. Oh, bleh. it was affecting me in more ways than that than I knew. You can edit that. This I know you say, it's it's fine, but you edit man, that. Take fine. that out. Take that out. You just don't roll off my tongue. It affected me in more ways than I knew. There we go. Yeah. That's that's the one you put in it. That's the one. <laughs> um, I think for me, like a big thing was. Part of me always felt like I was missing out because people in the UK, I just felt like their lives were moving forward. Especially my friends, like things that I've always wanted in life. Like I think the main thing for me was like a family or finding a partner. Like I never, when I was a little girl, like I never dreamt of getting married. Like I wasn't this like, oh, I, I need to have this princess dress. I need to do this. And, you know, I'm going to, have this wedding with 500 people. But as a little girl, I always imagined finding a partner and doing things with my partner. And I thought by the age of 30, I would have all of that. And that to me meant being a successful woman, like having a partner, mm. as terrible as it sounds. But then the more I stayed here, the more opportunities came, the more I pushed boundaries, the more I met amazing women just living their lives and doing amazing things without this partner um and I think for me there'd be so many times I'd call my mom and I say mom why is it just not happening for me like I left London because I wasn't happy and now I'm here and I'm still not happy I'm still not finding things that I wanted to do um, but I think just focusing on myself and I think enjoying the stage I'm at now really helps with my mental health because all those things they might come for me in the future but then they also might not come for me in the future and I think I've come to a point where I'm content with where I am and with what I'm doing um and just trying my best <laughs> sounds mm. like a like a teacher isn't it just trying your best but trying my best with the skills that I have trying to make the most of what I have you know, actively seeking for opportunities. So that means sometimes like I joined a, I joined a bad, badminton group to meet people, or sometimes yes. I'll, go, I'll go to these talks and I might not know anything about the topic, but it's a nice way to learn about different people and to learn about their paths. Um, I have a fantastic support network here, a group of friends who were very real with each other. We all have our different struggles. So, you know, I was looking for that special partner and I have so many friends here who are married or with partners who, you know, just say, oh, Aisha, I wish I was single and I wish I had the opportunities you had to be able to, to build something and to be able to be self-employed and to mm. be able to reach out to people and share your skills in ways that maybe I'm not able to because I work for a company and so I have to do things within boundaries. So I think when I started, like, started looking at myself and at my situation and being grateful for what I had and the skills I had and my personality and character, I stopped looking outwards and comparing myself. And I think that's where a lot of my mental health struggles came from like just mm. comparing myself and thinking that I had to be doing certain things that others were doing yeah like I think that that's, that seems to be a, a lot of the struggle for a lot of us like even just like I'll be honest like even like I feel like personally I'm in a good place mentally but it's also that thing of oh everyone else is like 
getting married, getting houses, and I'm not there yet. So it's like, there's something wrong with me. Like, but at the same time, I know, like, regardless of all of that, like, I've this, like, podcast, this, you know, me wanting to, like, write more, like, I'm not saying that's the be on end all, but I'm happy, like, I'm, I'm at this place. So yeah. when the other things come along, I feel like there's, I know there's more, there's more to life than just those things. Right. Like, even when I, when yeah. I think of, like, like I, I know like you know I've always been some who's always been like uh most the word like I've always been a deep thinker I feel like and you know I feel like going through this grief and you know we're starting a podcast around about it, it just it just brings that out you know I've always been mm. that sort of person anyway like you yeah. know um so I just feel like the way I see things now like there's a there's a bigger purpose and mm-hmm. my my thing is that it's not to say that I don't want these things in life like a family and all that kind of stuff but I know like I'm, I know like I have a bigger God's using me for something you know and I'm just more content where I'm at like you know I feel like you know I'm happy with you know doing this and, and that I've started this because even even it may not be the same but even just by starting this again it's something I'm, like me and Ben coming out of a comfort zone but we've managed to build a network of people that yes we've had them as guests but they can we can also call them friends and we can also like meet different people where like, you know, and get different opportunities, even with like being featured in the article, like, mm. you know, me being able to like um, write a piece on grief and it being published in a book, yeah. like all those things have come. Like, it's all, like don't wanna, I'll never take credit. I, it's all good, but at the same time, it's all just from literally taking that step. Yeah. And we've already been a year and, and we're still growing, like, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's just been mad, like, like yeah. literally and it just made me so much more confident as a person I never would have thought like you know sp- speaking and you know being like starting conversation and trying to uh uh direct conversation I always thought I, yeah. I'm, never, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm great at it I feel like I'm I'm still learning but I'm a lot getting a lot more confident now, and, and that in turn just makes me confident do you know what yeah. I mean because I never thought I'd be able to speak so freely about these type of things and yeah yeah like it's, just, it's just mad like you know how things like work so I guess like in, in similar to you and you're like, doing kinda, it yeah like and similar to you it's kind of helped my mental health where like it's like I think the biggest thing like um I'm not sure if you if you agree but the biggest thing for me is just having mental peace man like nothing else matters if I'm not there's no peace up here mm. do you know what I mean and I think like the way I, I want to move forward now in my 30s, 40s, whatever, however long I live to, God willing, is just always trying to maintain mental peace and protect it. Mm. Because I just like I've I've been in in a in a in a state where I just I have no peace, but I'm pretending that I have peace, you know what I mean? And it's not it's not nice. Yeah. Like, you know, so being able to like, express myself freely, like that also brings me peace, you know. So I think like you know it's always good to kind of have that and like with you like you said you know you don't you no longer worry about what other people are doing and things like that it's more just about you know you feel like you're at that place where you have that peace now you know people suggesting what they're yeah. doing and, and that's fine so I guess yeah just following up from that like in what ways do you kind of preserve that you know so you're saying in other words what ways do you, do you kind of uh, take to uh, manage your mental health and just and preserve that kind of good mental well-being you currently have I think for me because I'm I really love traveling so getting away from the city and around nature and that's also good because I get out of this environment where there is this pressure for example you know when I go to work and I see my friends and all of this stuff happening around me and I go to a completely different place uh, more often than not um, they're small villages um, where people don't have a lot and just my basic needs need to be met so things like just having food and water and then being around nature so when I can forget about all of these other problems that I'm having and just you know stick to the here and now and just the fact that I can smell fresh air and eat food and be with a lovely family in a guest house or you know just the simple things and take long walks so definitely getting away from the city and just refreshing and resetting and then just meeting my basic needs I think that really helps to reset me because then it helps me think about what's important um, and 
the things that I think are big issues um, turn out not to be that big so much, uh, sorry, turn out not to be, turn out not to be so much of a big deal because mm. just, I just need basic things to make me really happy. So I think that's one way, so traveling. And I often do that alone as well. Like I think before when I was younger, I would um, invite friends and I'll say, oh, come, let's go, let's go. And if they said no, then I'll go by myself. But now I find myself just booking things and just going because I'm more confident within myself and confident that I'll survive. And I also meet new people that way because when I'm by myself and I'm traveling, people are more likely to talk to me. Whereas if you're, when you're with a group of friends, you know, people might feel a bit more intimidated yeah. a bit, they, you know, they just, they'll stick to themselves. So um, I'm meeting new, new people. And even if I don't, you know, exchange numbers with them in that moment, it's just lovely to, to spend time with new people. Yeah. So I think, I think that, that, that helps me. Um, another thing I like, I'm not great at drawing, but I like to do it. And I really like calligraphy. So I still do that. And I bought an iPad. The one that's working very well, by the way. <laughs> the one that's right. And I've got the pencil. Thank you. So she says. Thank so you. she says. <laughs> it's working just fine. Thanks. It's working just fine. <laughs> so I tend to do some calligraphy. Yeah. Um, I know some people journal. I've tried journaling, um, but I find that that doesn't really work for me because I just get in my thoughts a bit too much. Um, but yeah, picking up a skill like learning Chinese as well, that keeps my, my mind preoccupied. I think that's also another thing that kept me here because I never really thought I was good at languages. I learned Spanish at school, but you know, you just have to pick a language for your yeah. GCSEs and whatnot. Um, but coming to China and then learning a new skill, like, and they have characters. And, you know, I was taught the alphabet growing up. So just the fact that I was able to pick up a skill that in itself for my mental health I think sometimes when I'm feeling really low and I question things, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty badass. Like, you know, I've picked up a whole new language. I'm communicating with people. I'm writing. I'm reading. I'm able to get around. So I think sometimes just focusing on a skill like drawing or practicing a language, um, going away, just clearing my mind, being in nature, um, those things for me and then when I am in Shanghai just even so we have these bike sharing like we have these shared bikes jotted all around the city yeah like, like Santander um, bikes and you can buy yeah like Santander yeah. we have Ali bikes and Meituan bikes and um and it I think I bought a pass for three months and it's 90 kwai which is about probably 10 pound 50 11 pounds but it gives 50. me unlimited <laughs> find new streets or stop at like a local hole in the wall and eat some local food and and again I think it's just taking my mind off the problem and just being able to do something so simple like being able to walk around or to cycle and just see things and to admire the city um, really helps for my mental health like I'm really active I'm not one of these people that can just sit in silence otherwise my brain becomes too busy so I actively have to do something to preoccupy my mind mm. But I find that when I divert my attention, that gives me that gives me peace. I live near a river. I love water. Like I love lakes. So that's really calming to me. Sometimes just walking there and, um, and reading or listening to music. Oh, love me some music. Like I think I've enjoyed this conversation. And, and like I said before, like, you know, I, I think I do recall like just on a, on, a, on a last one, I do recall one time um, at one point you said you were quite homesick. Am I right in saying that? Or was it more mm -hmm. just maybe a, just a temporary, yeah. a temporary, um, a temporary feeling? Would you, would you oh, say? it's, it comes and goes. It really does. And just like you just said with Afrobeats now, sometimes I really miss hanging out with my cousins and with my friends and especially you know like Nigerians like we're just fun people mm. we're just fun people and just having that banter so I have a lot of expat friends but they're British here yeah and I love that and you know I always connect with my British side and it's fun mm. when we go onto Instagram pages and you know talk about 
Gemma Collins or you know just simple things that we we know I'm just about trying to be in me. the UK or we talk about primary school yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's really funny or like you know dinner ladies and we talk about like jam roly polies and you know all of these oh, different ooh, things jam roly poly with hot custard yeah oh yeah. elite <laughs> hey listen yeah that is the, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, See, that's sweet, right? Or like when you're when you were in year six and uh, you were able to sit on the benches, and all the lower years were sitting yeah, on the floor yeah, yeah. in assembly. Like there was... <laughs> you felt you felt like some OG. Like, listen, look at you guys, all down there sitting down. Do. <laughs> you're not on my level. Yeah. Yes. Hey. Yes. See, hey. stuff like that. Yeah. It's just so funny. Just so funny, and so I, I do reminisce about that and I have lots of British friends that I can laugh about yeah. um, things like that um, but especially when it comes to Nigerians I don't I haven't found a Nigerian community here and I'm very mm. connected to that side and I really miss it, it from the food like even just like my mom's giving me crayfish and I have like Maggie here and I have all of these things here and so yeah. I can make I can make some food here, but scotch bonnets. I can't find scotch bonnets here. And you can find everything in China, but scotch bonnets, I can't find them. And I think they're an essential part of our cooking, no? Like the pepper has its own essential. flavor. They're, 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 integ they're integral. Like I can't have food they, without pepper. Yeah. Like Right, but it's the scotch bonnets. Like, you know, it's the, 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 yeah. the special scotch bonnets, you know, right? And so they have chili here, but it's not the same. Yeah. It doesn't have the same flavor. Yeah. And so, so sometimes I do get homesick or, or like, you know, sometimes I do watch Instagram stories and I see people going to clubs and, you know, just listen to Skepta and stuff. And yeah. when I go to clubs here, they don't just, they just don't have that, you know, like more fire crew. Like sometimes I just want to, I just want to relive, I don't know, like my college days or just to have people who know certain songs and, mm. And sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't get that, but I keep in touch with my friends and, and families. And so that keeps me grounded. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So when I do feel homesick, I'll just reach out. Yeah, at least, and that's good because at least you have that, maybe not physically, but at least when you have those feelings of being homesick, you can, you know, video call, phone call, like that kind of feeling. Yeah. Doesn't, it, I, I yeah. would you say it, it does definitely help to, like remove that feeling or is it a thing of like it just comes once in a while okay, if I feel homesick again just make that call make that um video call whatever and and you mm. keep doing it as you as you get to that point again and again yeah I keep making that and then sometimes when I speak to someone back home and I hear them complain about London I'm like ah, yeah yeah I'm yeah I'm good like well, that I'm feeling in Shanghai <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's yeah, good, good it's good yeah um, so yeah it, it comes and goes but you know doing all these other things sorry yeah no 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 no, no. oh I was just saying that, I was just saying that doing all these other things especially exploring and and um, being able to go to new places and see new things I think it doesn't happen very often and the longer I stay here the better I'm able to manage with it unfortunately because of COVID I can't leave at the moment because it would be nearly impossible to get back um but but generally like if the borders were open if i did miss london i could just go back for a week or two and then once oh. i'm there for a week or two i'm like yeah this is why i don't live here anymore <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that kind of realization how, how long is the flight from <laughs> yeah. from uh, shanghai to london uh 11 hours that's a lot that's a that's that's yeah. that's a that's a lot and what I was saying, so like, well, you know, Ellen, you said that you, um, knowing that even though you've moved away, um, yeah, knowing, knowing that you can still come back and not feel like, oh, you know, I haven't, I haven't, this doesn't want to waste me being here, but I can always come back. So, what I was saying is that having that kind of a sense of, I don't want to say security, but, but knowing that you can always come back, does that give you a mental peace, whilst, as in, whilst being yeah. out there? Definitely, definitely. Because I know I can always go back to London anytime I want. And if I try somewhere new after China and it doesn't work out, I'll always have London. So I think that also pushes me to stay here more because as I mentioned right at the beginning when we first started speaking, 
I'll always have London and I've experienced London. So there's no yeah. point in just staying there because I can always come back to it if I need to. And maybe one day I'll decide to, but at this moment in time, um, at this point in my life, it's not, um, it's not my plan to return, to live. So friends and family, if you're watching, those of you who keep saying, Aisha, when are you come back, when are you come, that's your answer. Thank you, man. Like, like I um, appreciate it. But just on a last note, like any advice you want to give to those who might be in a similar position where they are thinking of relocating, but mm. they're in that kind of mindset of, I want to relocate, but I'm scared, basically, in essence. What, what is one thing you would say to them? I would just say, do it. I, th I think what is the worst that can happen? Home will always be home. You can always come back home. But if you don't try it, I think listen to yourself. What's your inner voice telling you? Is this something, is this a gut feeling? Listen to your gut, always trust your gut. My gut was telling me to go. So if your gut's telling you this is a wonderful opportunity, go and try it. And if you go there and you don't like it, you can always return back. Don't think that it's permanent and don't think that you're disappointing anyone or you have to prove something to, to anyone when you move abroad. Try it out. It will open up so many doors for you. And even if you don't like it at the end of the day, just add it as another experience to, to your life. And I probably give, imagine gives That's you it. more stories. Sorry, to that tell. wasn't really like it wasn't this groundbreaking. No, no, it's just, <laughs> groundbreaking. Um, to learn. No, no, it doesn't. That's that's all right. It doesn't have to be. As long as it's coming from your heart and, and sincere, so it doesn't. It's not about whether yeah. it's groundbreaking. So that's no. I'm sure anyone um, yeah. going through that similar scenario, or or wanting to move or have moved away, I'm sure they can definitely resonate yeah. with that and and find some sort of um, benefit. If you saying that so honestly that that's right more than enough you know and yeah. it's been a pleasure man I've, I've enjoyed this it's been a pleasure um you know and can i can i just add one more thing yeah yeah go sorry on. just no, no, just cool. because you're going for one thing you don't know what other opportunities will present themselves to you like i mm -hmm. came working for a company i quit that company i've started my own thing i've learned a language i've met people from all walks of life I'm doing things, I'm doing training, I'm doing workshops, I'm doing therapy, I'm seeing clients. There's so many doors that have opened for me that in London, if I just stayed put, I would have probably still been working in the same trust or doing the same thing or just having the same problems that I had before. And although it's not perfect and sometimes you do get lonely and you do get homesick, but I feel that working abroad will bring you so many opportunities that you would have never even thought you could have so do it no but Aisha thank you so much man um thank you and I guess thank you for everyone listening and watching um literally I hope everyone's got some gems from this as I always say I know I have and I'm sure people can appreciate from a, a mental health point of view you know like I said before mental health is one of those things where it, it's it affects our day-to-day you know, it affects us mm -hmm. when, we, when we do different things. So, like, if you are listening or watching and it's something you want to do and, and you feel like that choice is kind of, you're, you're, in fear, you're in that fear mode because you might think what others might think of you if you do this, but just like you said, just do it. You know, it's about your mental peace is, is the most important thing, you know. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah, for everyone listening or watching, you can find us on YouTube, subscribe, like comment or that share repost yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on it's apple podcast like on spotify yeah. um most yeah. of our listeners on apple podcast so if you're on apple podcast leave a rating leave a review one or two words doesn't have to be anything long uh be much appreciated it goes a long way and also just thank you so much for um letting me be on this platform and thank you for sharing my story i know i I went off topic topic no, so many fine, times, though, honestly, waffling, like, uh, but but thank you for allowing me to share part of my story. And hey, guys, if you want to slide into my DMs, <laughs> I would love. <laughs> hey, you're killing me, man! You're slide killing me. <laughs> slide. I will reply. I will reply. I will reply. Well, in, yeah. in that case, then you, you best leave, you best leave your, your profile open. Then if it says private, no, no, I think they can still slide if it's private. Oh, can they? they? I'm not I sure. Don't know. You know. Just find me. 
find me at Aish Paish. That's at and then A-I-S-H, then P-I-S-H. I know it says Peesh, but I say Aish Paish. So slide on okay, in so and uh, let's have conversations about relocating. Mm. <laughs> so apart from in- so Instagram, they can find you at... If you want to repeat that again. <laughs> <laughs> I said you can find me at at then A-I-S-H p-i-s-h okay that's it and any yeah. any twitter handles facebook no. that you that you want to plug i just do in, i just do instagram and yeah that's and, and and i'm not even open so you see i'm not even a social media person unless you have wechat waiting that means you can Ooh. add me i need a little mandarin <laughs> okay 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 we see we see we see <laughs> No, yeah, no, that's but, hilarious, but, man. No, that's yeah. that's great, man. Like I said, yeah. I, I like and yeah. like, ooh, ooh, yeah, like it's it's great. We'll always keep in touch from time to time. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just thank you for yeah. coming and sharing, man. But on that note, over and out. Yeah.